All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Aussie motocross focus show. As I'm joined by special guest, Yamalube Yamaha Racing MX2 gun, Caleb Barham. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Thank you, mate. Yeah, everything's good. We're just full in the swing of Supercross here at the minute, just getting everything ready. Just finished up a couple of days testing with the team. And yeah, looking forward to getting ready for round one in Adelaide here in two weeks. Yeah, mate, should be a good one. Very interesting track from all reports there inside the sort of basketball stadium. And I guess how is the prep been going? You've been putting in the work with Nathan Crawford at the Zero Zero Elite Training. I obviously did a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago. Really cool setup. Lots of heavy hitters there. But I guess after Coolum, you had a little break to reset, mate. And I guess you're fully in the swing. You're sort of flying on the test track like a lot of guys. How has it been for you? Uh, yeah, look, it's been really good. If I'm honest, straight after Coolum, uh, we rode three days later. So, um yeah, like we, we were full back in the swing of it. I was actually, I uh, had a holiday booked in from the start of the year when I wasn't really going to be racing this year. Um, so me and my partner booked it in kind of early in the year before the race schedule was out, but it ended up still working in. So I rode for two weeks and then went up to Airlie for a week with uh, me and my partner and then Aaron Tanny and his partner. So uh, it was a good little getaway for us. It kind of hit the little reset switch and then just being back on the ground from it ever since. So um, yeah, it's been good. Obviously, Nathan Crawford from Zero Zero Elite Rider Training, we have a great program here um it's every time you're on the race uh, every time you're on the track it's like you're on the racetrack so uh whether it's myself and nato or as um well we've always got that kind of carrot to chase the whole time so we're always pushing one another to the next limit so uh but yeah look adelaide's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting race as everybody's saying it's um whatever the schedule's gonna end up being whether they run two or three heats however they're gonna make it work but um it's going to be tight racing. It's going to be all in the start. Oh, I genuinely feel that whoever gets a start can win that race. So, um, lucky for me, I'm pretty renowned for my start. So, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it and I'm going to be pushing like hell for it. So, yeah, mate, obviously, just touch back on you said you booked that holiday because you were considering not racing. Obviously, just talk us through the year. This season's been pretty amazing, mate. Obviously, you've done so much as a privateer and You've gained a lot of respect and definitely probably deserve that factory ride, which you have now a lot earlier, but it's just sometimes the way the cards fall in moto, you look like someone like Valandrin in the GPs, just sort of on that privateer Yamaha, even though he's got some nice parts, but some guys just doesn't work out for, and you were probably definitely in that boat, mate. So just tell us about the year, ups and downs, you've had injuries, great rides, team changes, it's all happened, mate. So just give us an insight into it all. Yeah, look, if we if we rewind all the way back to the Supercross last year, I come off one of my best seasons. Uh, I showed that we were consistently in that top five every single race, um, and we were the second or third Aussie home every race. So uh, for me, I felt like I had done enough to secure a ride, and then it got to the end of the year, and I didn't have anything. So uh, for me, I was done. I was burnt out. I had a massive year, and just it didn't work out for whatever the reason was. It just didn't didn't fruition and then yeah we i went away and, and had a holiday with my partner up north and we just kind of hung out and everyone everyone else behind me um kind of was nudging me and saying hey i really think that you should you should really ride this year i think you showed that you had enough last year and if you don't do it i think you will regret it and thankfully they did because if you would have told me if you would have told me back then that i'd be on a factory team for, for one of the best teams here in australia um 
I would have probably slapped you. So uh, for me, it's definitely been a year of ups and downs. Uh, we started off the year. I literally, when I come back from holidays, I jump straight on the on the bandwagon. We were at fighting fifth physio. A couple of days later, I would have reeked of alcohol, I reckon. <laughs> but I got my butt straight into gear. Dean from fighting fit made me uh, made me work my butt off, and we honestly put our head down and and we showed everybody what we could do. Uh, we come into the first couple of rounds, we literally rocked up with one bike and just did what we could do. It was a full privateer effort, mom and dad, um, me and my partner, we just, yeah, made it happen. Didn't matter what we had to do. We just ended up being there on the weekends and we showed that we weren't only the highest privateer, but we were battling and beating most of the factory teams. So uh, I think after round three or four, I think I was still P5 in the championship. So um, yeah, look, it, it was really, really cool. Uh, to, then I got a lot of recognition from that. Um, being in that, being in that top five, top four, and having some really good race results and knocking on the door of that podium, um, it, it was really, really cool. And then we fast forwarded to Maitland. Um, myself and Mike Ward had a conversation kind of on Friday um, with Larwood and his kind of predicament where he looked like he was going to be be sitting for the rest of the year. Um, but I literally turned out and I said, let's, well, I wanted to get through that weekend. Um, I felt like that was going to be a really, really good weekend for me. Uh, I shined there last year and kind of come to life a little bit. So, uh, for me, I just wanted to have one job at hand and that was to get a podium. And we got a good start in the first one and, and was running up front there for a bit. And yeah, when we were sitting in third for, for a good majority of the race with Reese Bud trying to hound me down and, and unfortunately just made a, a slight error, which ended up actually biting a couple of us that race. But um, it just spat me pretty hard and ended up coughing up blood and doing my thumb. So um, at the time, I didn't actually realize I had done the thumb, but it was what it was. We kind of just had to sit out the next race and regroup and regather. And over that next four weeks, it ended up, coming that yeah i ended up getting a seat at the factory team and uh, really have a look back it's it's been a phenomenal change it's been it's been very very um it's been a very very interesting learning curve for me uh, i've been able to test parts that i've never had the opportunity to do or have the support that i've never had before so um for example i've had the truck out here for the last two days testing supercross with me testing engines and parts and suspension and and stuff that i've never had the opportunity to test so uh but just it's progressing me as a rider to be able to then change and know what what to do so um it's something that i'm very grateful for and i'm excited coming into supercross to show what i can now do with this extra support yeah, mate, definitely a great story of all the hard work paying off. I guess someone like Tanti you train with and are good mates with, that definitely resonates with you even more because speaking to him, you know, doing the trade, doing it sort of on the side, working like you've done too, mate, you know, mixing a job, balancing and racing, it's so hard. And especially when you know that those factory guys are just every day, they're dedicating every single, you know, minute and all the resources they have. So to keep at it, mate, it definitely is an admirable thing to do and it deserves respect. And I guess you are grateful for the KTM group and Husqvarna for helping you all those years as well when you look back because, you know, they've been a big supporter of yours. But it must be so cool to just focus on your racing, mate, not have to worry about, working as much cultivating sponsorships you know all the stuff you guys have to do it's massive just from you know packing your vans packing your gear getting everything sorted mate it just takes so much off your hands and your shoulders and that burden's gone a little bit more mate so you must just be living the dream now the factory guy as we say <laughs> yeah look look literally but um exa exactly what you said it comes down to the fact that you haven't got to you haven't got to worry about oh my bike's nearly due for a piston. I haven't got to worry about oh I need to probably save them tires for next week. Or it's literally you just get to worry about riding your bike. The boys Nash and Wardy they have everything else sorted for you. So you literally have one job and that is to twist the throttle. But with that then becomes 
more, I guess you would say, responsibility of that now the now, now the goalposts have moved. You now need to be not not only beating the factory guys because you are one of them now. So you need to be on that podium and um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that now next challenge. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see where Caleb Byram can can find himself throughout this Supercross season and in 2024. Do you feel an elevation in pressure and I guess weight of expectations on yourself now, mate? Would you have a bit more freedom and just sort of gung ho approach as a privateer sort of? Obviously, you're all in no matter what, but I suppose there's that little bit of liberty and maybe associated with being a privateer, not as much. You know, you obviously want to do as well as you can, but it's not like you're going to have someone saying, oh, you should have done better. But I guess now, how do you manage that transition mentally? Is that something you're aware of or are you just taking it all in your stride? Oh, if I'm honest, it, it honestly hasn't really crossed my mind all that much. Obviously, you, you know that there's more expectation, not just from yourself, but from the team manager, from Yamaha, from, from everybody. But um, I definitely haven't felt it from the team. They just they honestly push you just to do the best of what you can, what whatever the situation may be on the day. If you're 100, percent if you're not, they they are just they're there to support you and make you the best rider that you are that day. And that's one of the biggest things I have respect for Yamaha with now moving under the banner. As you said before, I've been with I was with KDM Group for 10 years. I'd won numerous Australian Junior titles, podiums in MX3 or MX um, yeah MX3 now. So. Um, yeah, like it's something that um, I'm excited to see where I can end up with this now new support under Yamaha. Like I, I really believe that it's now going to elevate me to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you're pretty primed for success with the program with Nathan Crawford at the Zero Zero Elite. Obviously speaking to him a couple of weeks ago, it was such a great chat just to hear the insights and a lot of sacrifices he made to make it happen for you guys. And Obviously, you guys are very important in his program too with the training you do with the youngsters. But it sounds like it's a brutal program, mate. He certainly <laughs> works you guys hard, drives it into you, the sort of sacrifices that need to be made. And I guess it's sort of average week. You're always testing yourself against these heavy hitters. And, you know, I was even mentioning it to Jeff Emig. We did a podcast with him yesterday, James and I. And I guess the key takeaway from speaking with Nathan was that he's like, you got to be committed and you're like, you're responsible and accountable for all your decisions because it's just like, you know how vital it is to follow the footsteps to get to where you want to go. And I guess he was saying the example that stuck with me was he's like, you get up early at 4, 3 a.m., whatever, and you press the snooze button, that's on you. You've made that choice to do that. So I guess working with him, and it's like a multifaceted program, like you're saying with the physio and then, you know, with his training work on the bike and off the bike as well. So it's pretty cool, mate, that sort of training program he has. And it's sort of a testament to it that so many heavy hitters are there. Like, you know, you said Tanty, Crawford, and even Minia and Duffy are coming up and Alexanderson and Ryan King and stuff. These guys are going to Europe and it shows that it works. And he doesn't really need to advertise, mate, because he's got guys like yourself getting the results and proving what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that's the reason that I know myself and Aaron Tanny in particular are with Nathan Crawford because he doesn't beat around the bush. If you suck in a lane, he will tell you you suck. But he will also, if you do something good, he will also praise it. So um, I'm very big on that. I'm a very numbers, I'm a very stats guy. You either get better or you don't. Um, and he respects that. So, um, and then obviously, that's all our on bike. Everything is is through Crawford, and then when it comes to off bike, everything is through Dean at Fighting Fit. Um, he has every from race day programs. He tells us when to eat, what to drink, what supplements, when we got to take it, what warm up schedule. Like he he has it down to the minute every race day. <laughs> we get programs sent out for whether it's a local race, whether it's it's a two day event at Australian um, Motocross, or whether it's a two day um, Supercross. So, um, yeah, he, he has absolutely everything sorted for us off bike. Uh, he has, yeah, it, it works wonders. And just there's no, you haven't got to think about it. When you're a privateer or you haven't got the, the program behind us, 
like what we have here at zero zero. Um, it's just nice to rock up and go, cool. I know all I got to do, I just got to get up and like get to the track. Crawf has a program, like you mightn't be feeling it, but Crawf will put you through your paces. Whereas if you're kind of doing it yourself, sometimes you might slack a little bit mm. or this or that. It doesn't matter. There's a day where you will feel off and the other boys are feeling on it and you've got to rise to that occasion. I genuinely feel that, that that's the days where you, you either make it or you break it. And um, when you've got the likes of, of, as I said, Aaron and, and NATO, um, they, they are, as I said, one of them boys is going to be feeling it that day when you're not and they're going to nip at your heels or blow your doors off. So either you can sit there with your head between your, between your hands or you can either raise the occasion and, and, and have a dig. So, um, it, it's definitely a phenomenal program. It's shown that in the last couple of years that, that that's why I have, or that I genuinely believe that's why I've risen to the level that I'm at so far. Um, and now that I have now more assets behind me with the factory team, I'm excited to see now if I can take it to that next level. Yeah, it's super cool, mate. Obviously, there's so much upside to those programs. Obviously, you got Beaton's Pro Formula for Dale in Australia as well. And then you move to America, you got like the Baker's Factory, what Star Racing do, those facilities. So many of them over there as well. I guess it's just training, like you said, against these heavy hitters. It just makes you sort of be on your game all the time. And sort of like must be pretty brutal at a lot of days when you're not feeling it, but you still want to be the top man. And everyone wants to be the top dog. And I guess it's just trying to find that balance of not trying to overstep as well, ride too hard and get injured ultimately you know, you want to be primed for the race day, but you got to sort of have a level in motocross, don't you, where you're sort of improving and making gains. So I reckon it's really cool, mate. And you see an MXGP with Kenny Van Duren with a lot of the Yamaha guys, Colton Offer and Elzinger, you know, they just put them through their paces and everything's got to go into it. There's no sort of halfway in. It's all in, isn't it, mate? So how do you find the atmosphere? Does it get a bit heavy some days or all the dudes get along pretty well? I'm sure there's a few disagreements here and there, but it must be a pretty cool dynamic, just everyone sort of working together and, I guess, against each other. If I'm honest, it's it's also part of the reason why so many people have stayed with our program for the last, like it's really been running for the last two years. Um, the, the, like we don't run more than eight riders. Our pro program is, is only eight riders. There's limited spots. You're either in or you're out. And exactly what you said, if you're in, you're all in. If you're not, you're dropped, you're out. Like it, it's it's a brutal program and and you've got to be in it and you've got to be fully in on it. You got to be know that there's going to be days that you're not feeling it and Crawford's is going to push your buttons and he's going to he's going to piss you off and he's going to smile while he does it. But um, you, you've got to be ready for that. And it, I genuinely think that it, when it's when you're deep in them thirty minute motos and and you don't really if you're in you're deep in the trenches, it's kind of those boys are there with you. So you you, you grow respect for all the other boys. Uh, if I'm honest, don't get me wrong. There's days where where you just push one another's buttons, but it's always a great dynamic. Everybody's pulling the piss out of everybody by the end of it. Ryan Alexanderson usually cops the raw end of it and gets and gets <laughs> gets drilled the most from everybody. He likes to do some funny, silly mistakes, and everybody usually laughs at him together. But um, if I'm honest, it's a really, really good crew. And now moving into Supercross, we've got Duffy and Manier up here. Um, they're, they're two great additions to the to the crew. Um, I've actually, I, I honestly had nothing to do with Caden up until probably this year. And then jumping on the start line, we kind of, well, we're both kind of bubbly personalities on the start line and we'd be joking and everyone else is full dead serious and me and Caden would be giggling. So when Croft said he was thinking about Caden was going to move up here, I was definitely pumped on it. And he brings that, that, that really 16 year old mentality of it's just the world's at his feet and he's just happy to be here. So uh, it's nice to have them. And then you've got the likes of Aaron and NATO who, who are that bit more mature and 
when the track isn't isn't perfect, they kind of hold it back in a little bit and, and might maintain it. They mightn't be the quickest on the day, but if they need to drop the pace, they can. And that's one thing that I've definitely been trying to throw in the last last probably year is that you haven't got to be the quickest on the practice track some days. So, um, And, yeah, fortunately enough, it, it's worked for me majority of the time. I said besides for the hand injury um, that happened at that race, it, it's been a pretty pretty good year for me. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's a great dynamic. And, um, yeah, I definitely won't be going anywhere from yeah. zero zero or Dean and Fighting Fit. Yeah, mate, so much learning. And I guess it's such a good environment to breed really good athletes and formidable mindsets, like you were saying. And you mentioned Minia and Alexanderson. Obviously, Minia has done a lot of training with the KTM Orange Brigade in America recently. So that's pretty cool. And obviously, Alexanderson getting second overall in the ADAC recently going over there. It sort of shows that the progress is there for him, especially. He's been working on the program for a while that, you know, getting second behind Oriel Oliver, who's an electric starter, top 10. You know, you saw him on the weekend running well inside the top 10 most weekends. He's up there. It's pretty cool, mate. It sort of shows that it works. And I guess for you, is there plans for America one day? I'm assuming you're a bit of a weapon on Supercross. Obviously, you got the track at your place. Really cool setup, mate. So any future aims for that one day, even if it's just for a couple of rounds here or there, would be a pretty amazing experience, wouldn't it? Most definitely. Um, <clears throat> I will race an American Supercross before before I retire, most definitely. And I would love to get over there and um and do it on a 250. So, um, yeah, whether that happens next year, whether that happens the following year, I really don't, I really don't mind, but, um, yeah, look, it's crazy that crazy to think that, that I'm at the stage where I can go and race the boys that are over there. But, um, yeah, look, I'm excited to have Anstey here. Obviously Anstey's a podium, podium guy and a race winner over there. So he's raced the best in the world and he's got, he's got an amazing wealth of knowledge under him. So, um, to have him race race us here, it just elevates the Australian level of, of the Australian Supercross. So I'm excited to battle with them boys. There's a couple other Americans coming over. So I'm excited to see what we can do with them and see how we all go against them. Yeah, the series is obviously really good. The racing was great last year. Probably might even be even better this year, even though it's just the three rounds. Obviously, they're looking to expand on it, mate. But yeah, definitely you see lots of Aussies go over there and hold their own mate, Tanty, in the past, Clout. Obviously, you've got the Lawrence brothers, they sort of speak for themselves. Stapleton's done good work. Mossy last year, even, you know, and in the past. So there's definitely, the Aussie series definitely holds you in pretty good stead, doesn't it, mate? So I guess you feel when the time's right, you'll be able to definitely make mains, no worries, and shoot for top tens and that kind of thing. So I guess it puts you a good bit of base framework, especially the program you're on, and seeing that it can be done, isn't it, mate? Good motivation. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, yeah, like Jay Wilson, as they all went over. Um, I think that was 2020 or 21, whatever year it was, they went over and as threw it in the top 10, I think once or 11th or somewhere like that, he was, he was scraping on that door. So, um, yeah, look, it, it, we can definitely do it. The Australian, the Australian motorcycle industry at the minute is very strong, I feel. Um, the 450 class has got a lot of depth to it. The 250 class, NATO and Wilson are super, super strong at the minute and they're dragging the rest of us up. So, um, yeah, look, oh, I think we're in a very, very good state at the minute. So, yeah, we'll wait and see what the what the following years bring. Yeah, mate, absolutely. I guess on the state of the sport there, you were mentioning the level's really high. I guess for you guys as racers, you'd probably like the series a bit more condensed. The motocross series, obviously, they had a seven-week gap in there, which isn't ideal. Obviously, the sunny states are great to fill in the gaps during some of those times. But what's your take on it as a racer, just having that long period of inactivity on the national front it must be a little bit challenging to deal with and keep hungry and keep motivated and i guess for the fans and the media it's sort of hard to really gain storylines with those big gaps so just your thoughts on it and any things you'd like to see implemented or improved 
Look, I'll be completely honest. The seven-week break for me this year was phenomenal. I went in and got surgery and, and got a hand sorted in that time. So, uh, for me, look, it, oh, I'd, I'd happily uh, – if you ask me that next year when, I, when I'm fit and healthy, I'll probably say, nah, it was way too long. But for me this year, it actually worked a treat for me. But, um, look, I, I definitely think the series could, could be condensed a bit more. Um, I would personally love to see Supercross be dragged – like motocross be dragged to – to the nine or ten rounds and then the supercross being the five or six rounds i I genuinely think that that's the level that the australian australian motorcycle and supercross championships need to be i think they need to be that ten and five or 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 nine and six um rounds because at the end of the day the teams are are getting given a lot of money to go and promote their brands um the more times they're out on track the more locations they're out on track the better i feel it is for everybody um Yes, I understand it's harder for privateers, but coming coming from a privateer program, it's a whole lot easier to say, hey, I would like to have your business on board. I'm going to South Australia. I'm going to Victoria. I'm going to Queensland. I'm going to New South Wales. I'm going to Northern Territory. I'm going to these different locations. It's a whole lot easier for you to then sell that asset. Um but yeah, look, I would like to see it condensed a little bit more and, and it is good how they work it in with the Sunny State Series and the Queensland titles for me up here being a Queenslander. Um, look, it does keep us pretty busy and it's one thing that I'll be definitely trying to do next year is I'll be trying to do as many races as I possibly can because at the end of the day, if it does work out that I'm a factory rider again next year, which we're hoping it does, uh, it'll be my job. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to racing as much as possible and training as hard as I can and, and just... As they say, iron sharpens iron. So the more race starts and the more gate drops you do, there's a reason that the Americans and that, yeah, they yeah. they have a whole lot of races, but there's a reason that that their level is so high, I feel, it's because they race every weekend. Yeah, and obviously the stuff you learn racing is just, you know, so good, you know, you can't buy it. So like you say, MXGP's got around the 20 rounds. In America, they have over 30 rounds combined. It's pretty crazy. And then in Australia, it's sort of, yeah, what are we, 11 this year? So there's definitely scope. Mm. Obviously, you feel like the TV package is really good as well, like probably one of the best domestic motocross, you know, that and the ADAC TV coverage is brilliant, pay TV, free-to-air TV. So it'd be great. Obviously, there's a lot to go through for the organisers, but I definitely feel that it'd be well-received having more rounds. And you might even get some more international guys like coming to do the motocross and the supercross combined or just the motocross. So it's pretty cool, mate. And I guess you were talking about the MX1 class. How stacked was it? One of the probably the most stacked in the last 10 years when you look at Ferris, Beaton, Webster, Tanty, Clout, Waters, Gibbs, Duffy, Metcalf still going around. Joel Evans is even super impressive. There's more there as well, isn't there, mate? Watson, these kind of guys. So, yeah, just do you obviously feel an uplift in the fans and the engagement this year? Obviously, Corona gave it a bit of a nudge, but now, now everything's back in the full. The turnout's been pretty good on the Pro-MX weekends. For you as a rider, you feel the more attention and just more vibe and buzz around it? Most definitely. I do feel like the series is taking a massive steps in the right direction. Um Everybody mightn't agree with certain things they do or certain things they don't do, but um, I genuinely do feel that they are making steps in the right direction. Um, the TV package is phenomenal. Um, and now that they're starting to advertise a bit more and, and now that we're having the facilities with the infrastructure to host 6,000 people, now they're starting to promote for people to come out. For the, for example, um, Echo Valley here like oh, I, yeah. I don't know exactly how many fans we got but it was it was electric you'd go anywhere around the track and if you were riding around the outside the whole track was lined with fans so um, it's definitely getting that vibe back and having the semis and everything back and everybody walking through kind of having a bit of a pit party um, it, it's definitely getting that buzz back around it and I just hope that it continues to grow and then 
I said if we can stretch it to the to the nine or ten motocross rounds and then supercross if we can stretch it to five rounds, I just think it's gonna it's gonna get get the get the infrastructure back in, in for and the people back involved for the sport for the whole year and you don't have people pulling out after four or five rounds. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well said. And yeah, I guess the coverage with the media, you know, Moto Online do a great job. Trend at Moto Limited does a good job. I'll do what I can with MX Vice. There's been some really good growth on the website and the podcast with, you know, all the guys I've spoken to. So I reckon, like you said, mate, it's definitely gaining traction and momentum and people want to read and listen and hear about all you guys and what's going on here. And you'd be lying if you're saying like all those, uh, you know, European teams and American teams, they're always got the eye on Australian motocross, don't they, mate? Like all the guys you're training with and yourself, you've got one eye on it and you see guys moving the teams. It's pretty cool, I guess, when you feel that they got eyes on you, mate. It just sort of elevates you even more, doesn't it? Most definitely. And just touching back on me when I signed with Yamaha, like just the response that I got from it, like the messages and the calls and I never expected that. I was kind of like, oh, it'd just be a normal post uh, that'd get that'd get a bucket load of lights and a couple of comments and that'd be it. But just like for the people that reached out to myself and reached out to Yamaha and that like yeah I, I it's cool when you have when you have a whole lot of eyes and you have a lot of people that might like your post or comment on your stuff but but they're watching and then yeah for, for them when you see how many people that is it's it's honestly truly overwhelming but um, as for the eyes overseas looking back at the Australian series I know that um, Mania said that yeah, there's there's plenty of people over in America that that watch pretty much every single one of our races. I actually know when Aaron won his championship here last year, he went over um, to do the world round, and him and Eli Tomac were hanging out, and Eli congratulated on on the championship and said he watched the race. And as it was gobsmacked, he he didn't know that they really watched it. And yeah, Eli was yeah straight up front and said, "Oh, it was a sick race. It was cool where you passed Ferris over there." Da da da. And yeah, like. It was, yeah, really, really, really cool. And it's cool to see that, that caliber of rider watching our series. Yeah, well said, mate. I was going to get back to your career growing up in just a minute, but just what's your thoughts on World Supercross, obviously going in a new direction? You know, it's pretty interesting. It'll be cool to see what happens. Obviously, your good mates are racing it. I guess you'd be a pretty prime candidate one day to definitely go full-time into that. That's probably another plan too you'd like to tick off the list. Most definitely. And then obviously... We have the Australian GP here. Um, yep. I I want to put my hand up for that, and I'd happily be one of the wild cards for that. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we can make that happen and, and get in there for the Saturday nights racing. So, um, yeah. But as for World Supi, I, I I genuinely hope that they can pull it off and make it work because um, oh, I think it's a great idea they have how they pull it off. I've got no idea. Um, that's not that's above my pay grade. But um, yeah. Look, oh, I'm excited to see what what the Melbourne, what the last two rounds bring, and hopefully they can grow up within 2024. Yeah, absolutely. And just yeah, speaking to Emmy yesterday with James, he was just saying how excited he is about it. And Adam, you know, he's just so passionate. He loves what he's doing. He wants to spread the world about Supercross, you know, all over the globe. And you know, Jeff was saying 70% of motorcycles are sold outside of the USA. So there's so much room all over the world to grow the sport, isn't there? And to guess to be a part of it, like. You plan to be in all these guys, and you got rocks and leading it. It's a pretty amazing thing to do. Obviously, it's going to take time, and there's going to be a lot of negatives and criticism. But I suppose the SMX thing on the weekend hasn't exactly gone off in a lot of people's eyes smoothly. I think they've done really well, but there's obviously been a lot of people that don't like it. So you just got to give it time, be patient, because it must be one of the most brutal things to organize going around, I reckon, mate. You definitely probably see that firsthand with a bit of insight from guys that are working in the series. Yeah, most definitely. And, and it's like anything, there's always going to be the growing pains of, of anything you do. Um, but yeah, look, uh, you can't take away Adam Bailey and his passion for the sport. So 
yeah, I would like to see him move fully into just doing World Soupy and, and yeah, see what they can make happen. Yeah, there's definitely scope there, mate. So, yeah, to you, obviously, we've got heaps of USA listeners and European listeners all over the world here and obviously Aussie more and more. So just talk about your journey for everyone that doesn't know. How'd you get into motocross? Was your dad a key influence? And I guess any idols growing up and just, yeah, tell us the journey through the ranks, mate, to get to where you are today. Uh, if I'm honest, both my parents were jockeys. So if anyone that hasn't seen me in person, I'm not that tall. <laughs> I'm a short ass. Um, but yeah, so both my parents were, were jockeys and I jumped on a horse and ended up just picking the metal horse. So I started riding. I could ride a dirt bike before I could really ride a push bike. So um, yeah, just started around on a PW50 with my old boy out in the backyard and it just grew and grew and grew. And then Grew up here in southeast Queensland. It, it was a massive hub for, for younger racing throughout the 85 ranks um, and up to 125 and 250s. Uh, we had the likes of um, myself, Hunter Lawrence, and, and Caleb Grothews would fly over from WA, um, and we would battle it out on 85s for weekends on weekends on weekends. Um, and then, yeah, fortunate enough, I grew up and got a couple Australian junior titles and then moved up to seniors in 2015. I was still doing school full-time and got into uni. And then, yeah, decided to pursue motorbikes and, yeah, just been a privateer really ever since, just chasing the the bit and doing my bit. Unfortunately enough, I've had podiums and race wins and and all the others, but I haven't knocked off a championship yet, but just excited to see – what I can do now moving forward, being being on a factory team, it's been a long time coming. Uh, and that's also part of the reason why I think I got the response I did is everybody kind of said, oh, like, you're so close to getting that factory gig and then now to tick off that goal, it's um, it, it's phenomenal. And But now the goalposts are moved. We've now got to up the expectations and, and get them results. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's been great. And being a kid from Australia, um, it, it's always been nice to look overseas. And Europe hasn't really been something that interests me too much i don't know what it is about it uh, there's certain kids that just want to go to europe it's their it's their uh, uh, be all and end all but for me it's always been america uh, i grew up watching ricky james chad um and yeah look well, i idolized ricky carmichael growing up so uh, it's one thing that yeah i'd love to be able to go over there and, and race and, and be able to call it a call it a job over there but um, look, I'm just taking it one step at a time. We've now got the factory gear here in Australia, so we've got a job to do here, and we'll just tick it off, and the results will come. Yeah, mate, really cool story. And just, I guess, would you have for people, young kids anywhere around the world getting into moto, what would your advice be to them? You know, there's so much that you probably have learned over the years, mate. Are there any sort of key things that have stuck with you and the best way to sort of make it happen? I guess a lot of hard work, dedication, and sacrifice is a lot of it too, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. Nothing I'm going to say here is going to reinvent the wheel, but it's just you just got to you just got to want it. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. You just got to put your head down, butt up, surround yourself with the best group of people that you can. And for me, that was joining in on on Nate on Nathan Crawford Zero Zero Elite Rider Training Program, which then led me on to Dean from Fighting Fit, and then I just worked my butt off. I didn't make excuses. I just did what I could do. I'm fortunate enough to have the support from my family, like no other. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, surrounded myself with the great great group of people I do now and great friends with Aaron Tanti and NATO. And we pushed ourselves to the limit and I knew the level I had to be at and it was either sink or swim. So I bit off more than I could chew and chewed like hell and here we are. Nah, it's really cool, mate. Obviously, you see, you know, the people got a lot of talent, a lot of skill and you got to make combine them both. And you hear, I guess, the, the main thing is, 
being an athlete is you got to learn how to work hard and be committed and do all that because that's probably the final piece of the puzzle, like you were saying, mate. But that's really cool. And I guess racing guys like Evans and Lawrence brothers growing up, could you tell back then that they were definitely going to be what they are today? You, you, all the signs were there back then, you reckon, mate? Yeah, look, me, me and Hunter, geez, I don't know how many times we pushed each other's buttons, especially. I kind of I only come to life really um, from 85s upwards. I wasn't really a, a 50 or 65 rider and even early um, 85 rider, I wasn't all that good. But um, my last year, 85, me and Hunter would go at it every weekend and then onto the 125s and 250s. So uh, we, we definitely knew Hunter, Hunter especially. He was a great rider. And again, very similar to me, he just had, he had the support from from his parents. They were happy enough to, that they sold everything and, and took the gamble and went over there. And to see what they have done, uh, it, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, just to see not, not only like, oh, I, I can genuinely feel like the – the feelings they would have felt to, to go and buy their mom and dad a house after that they'd won the money. And I can only imagine what, what that would feel like to, to kind of repay your parents for, for the sacrifices they've made. Um, I can imagine that that just would have been one of the best feelings in the whole world. It probably was better than winning the championships for them. If I'm completely honest, it would have been phenomenal. So, um, Look, the, the, the Jet, Jet always, I was fortunate enough that we watched him around Coolum. He was a fair bit younger than us, so um, we watched him on 65s and 85s looking around Coolum. But um, Hunter was always special. He was always a good Supercross rider. Me and him would, would yeah, battle it out at the Queensland Supercross Series here. And, um, yeah, even Mitchie and Wilson Todd, like all the boys, like it, it, we had such a great – that I feel like those two years growing up, that it was a very, very strong and competitive competitive group. Um and yeah, again, that we pushed one another the whole way through and we just seemed to elevate one another. Yeah, it's really cool, mate. You still keep in touch with them as well? Uh, not Jetty and not Jetty and Hunter, if I'm completely honest. Mitchie, I do a fair bit. And obviously now that Jed's back in Australia and that, so uh, it, it gets hard, obviously, when yeah. they're racing week in and week out. Um, yeah, it Time definitely zones. gets a bit tricky in that. Yeah, exactly. So, no, nah, but it's cool, man. I, I think there's obviously always respect in that. I've got to actually have a pretty good chat to Jetty when he come over here and did the Ozex Open. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's cool and hats off to them. They're, they're doing phenomenal things and I wish them nothing but the best and I hope they keep kicking ass. Yeah, mate, they're certainly doing the country proud and Aussie motocross massive favours here, just growing the sport, what they're doing over there. And I guess you touched on cool, and mate, obviously you've spun a lot of laps there in the past and sad to see it go, wasn't it? It was a good finale. Cool to send it off in that way like they did. But yeah, it's a bit of a shame to lose a track like that, especially all the fans and the, I guess the riders and the teams like that one being on the coast, you can make a little bit of a holiday out of it. So your thoughts on that leaving, obviously, just a tragic sort of case of circumstances with the industrial estate and whatnot, but any plans for the finale next year? Have you got any track suggestions, mate? Harvey Bay, heard blokes talk about some tracks in Victoria, New South Wales. What's your opinion on it? And yeah, just how cool was Coolum? Yeah, look, uh, I think any time we lose a track, it's, it's a bit of a tragedy, but um, especially Coolum, as you said, it was so, it's such an iconic place. Um, you used to go through there back in the day. You used to have to go through all the pine trees. It was a little goat trail down there. So uh, it's been part of it's been part of our um, part of our riding culture since I was on Divi twos. So um, I've spun a whole lot of laps around there. I know myself and many many others have. And whether you loved it or hated it, uh, it was a great venue. It was a great club. It was a great location. So. Um, it, it is sad to see it go, but when, when one door closes, another one opens. So I've been told that the, that the club is hopefully secured land and it's going to be making a new track out nearby, I'm pretty sure. So 
Um, hopefully they can make that happen and then the club, then we've got another track back here in Southeast Queensland because it definitely is a big hit to the to up in the Sunshine Coast area now not having that track. So hopefully they can now replace that with a new track. Uh, but as for the MX Nationals for next year, um, look, oh, I think if, if they're sticking with a similar schedule to what they had this year and they end up running the three rounds, I think um, Toowoomba was a great, great hit this year. I could be biased, obviously, because I'm from here. But uh, I, I genuinely do think that it's one of the best tracks we have here in Australia. Well, not only for riders, but for spectators. There's multiple, multiple passing opportunities. You can watch a track from anywhere around the whole track. Um, so oh, I think that as a finale would be pretty, pretty cool. Um, QMP I feel was good again this year and then if we've got to add in another one uh, I, I like the likes of, of Rockhampton or somewhere up there a little bit further up north so a couple of um, CQ boys and Northern Territory boys could come down um, well, I think Rockhampton Club do a really really great job um, they're, they're happy to listen to the riders and, and, and yeah make changes or, or do certain things that we think would make the track better we might not always be right but, but they're happy to try it and I think the club up there would, would make another great candidate to, to host an MX National I know they tried a couple of years back the whole one so I hope they put their hand up and we can see what they do yeah, that was a really good point Nathan made and like you made then like you guys get listened to about the track and the preparation because you know Nathan was saying he felt sometimes that you know it wasn't probably done as well as it could have been maybe some joined up thinking more conversations to just improve things to make better racing and make better tracks and I guess safer whatever they're looking for to do is definitely good and he also mentioned things like double headers to get more races get more rounds is that something that's sort of you've obviously spoken to him about it for sure is that something you're definitely in favor of as well? With anything, there's pros and cons. Doubleheaders are good for the sense of, at the way the schedule runs at the minute, everybody's there Friday. So everybody's there Friday night. So oh, I feel like there should be, we should be able to do some form of riding on Saturday, whether that just be an open practice, whether that be qualifying. Oh, I, I don't know. That's not up to me. Um, but I feel because they have the trucks and everybody in so early on Friday, I, I we're already all there. Like well, I was a privateer, we'd we'd be there Friday night anyway. So giving up a day of work, around. whatever you know. Exactly. So um, by the time by the time you're already there all Saturday, you sit around all day till lunchtime, and then you have riders brief. Then you walk the track and have riders brief at four o'clock in the afternoon. There's no reason why we can't do that in the morning and then have a thirty minute qualifying or thirty minute free practice session for everybody. We could have a ride of the track, see what changes might need to be made or what section was good, what section was bad. Um, that, that That's something that I would like to see. Um, I feel like that, that's a pretty cool pretty cool little incentive for everybody to get there that bit early and it just makes it a bit nicer when you're taking the Friday off work or if you are travelling, like for us when we were travelling down south of South Australia, you got more than just the two motos and, and one practice session in. So um, it just kind of makes it that little bit more bang for your buck. The, I like the idea of double headers. The only hard thing is, is when you start adding multiple double headers, again, mm. this is just me coming from a privateer. Yeah. When you're trying to sell, sell a spot on your bike or sell, sell sponsorship to a company, especially larger companies, when they ask and say, Hey, where, where is my logo going to be seen? When you start adding double headers, you take away more areas from where that logo is going to be seen. So but with the way the TV program and everything is going now, you could nearly get away with it. So I, I think doubleheaders shouldn't be cut out, but they've also got to look at where and how long of a gap you're going to have after. Because obviously, if it is a mud or if it is heavy and bikes do need to be rebuilt for privateers, there's no point in having a doubleheader on a race the following weekend or vice versa, a race before and then a doubleheader because privateers just can't get their bikes ready in that time. 
Yeah, it's a tough balance to work on, isn't it, mate? And I like that point about the Saturday, you know, MXGP does the qualifying race, for example, for points now. Are you a fan of that kind of thing? And in the ADAC, they obviously do a three-moto weekend and they have one moto on the Saturday, so you get the fans in there and you can get a bit of atmosphere going and then the two races, motos on the Sunday. Is that something you'd be interested in? I guess that's another way to implement some more races, more meaningful races. It's a pretty cool thing. And obviously the ADAC, they get 700 euros or so for a race win. I guess you guys wouldn't mind seeing that either. (laughs) (laughs) yeah look i I just think the more bike time we get the better so we have so limited rounds at the moment um yeah whether it be a qualifying race whether it be a three race format um i'm open for more time on a bike so yeah well whatever that may be at the end of the day it's not going to be up to my call but uh that's my two cents worth i feel like the more bike time we can get and we're all already there on a saturday already all there on a friday afternoon saturday morning so whether it just be a, a practice session so the club can hear the insight from the riders and get the track better for the for the proper race day or or whether it be a uh, we run three races and run one race on the on the Saturday um, yeah I'm open for suggest- for suggestions and discussion on it yeah absolutely mate and I wanted to sort of touch on how do you find training the younger kids that's obviously something that's incorporated into your life these days it must be pretty cool I guess keeps you grounded keeps you humble and those kids will look up to people like you and definitely really want to listen. And I guess it always reinforces the fundamentals of what you're trying to do yourself. So has that been a cool experience to learn, mate? And obviously you hear about the youngsters that Chad Reed Cup for Aussie Supercross. That's apparently the entries are full. And obviously they're doing a really good job of trying to promote the series and bring a lot of spotlight on it. So obviously the sport's going in a good direction. So just talk about all that, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm very thankful for, for Nathan Crawford and allowing me to now go down this pathway. It's a pathway that I never thought I was really going to go down. Um, and yeah, we've got a great little amateur crew here. Again, we only run select numbers, so it's very one-on-one or very kind of no more than really three in a group. So um, it, myself, as and NATO, um, we, we all share it around and all get to work with these these great riders. Um and as you said, it's very humbling in a sense because um, you'll get kids that have no idea who you are, and then you get kids who who are scared to say two words to you because they're kind of, they idolise you. So it, it's it's yeah, one of two ways you kind of go, and then once they warm up to you, and it, it's definitely a very cool experience, and it's very fulfilling in a sense. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to moving into 2024. I'll put all the pieces in place that. Yeah, get, get a seat on a factory team and then I should be able to just coach full-time with Nathan and, and that way I'll be at the track more often and be able to focus on my riding and, and yeah, make enough money that we can make it all work here in Australia. It's really yeah, cool. it's definitely cool. Yeah, well said, mate. And I guess you've got a good personality and I guess, you know, good for the sport. So I guess you don't mind doing, you speak really well on it. You're clearly pretty analytical about it and you really have a massive passion for it. So I guess any media you seem to be pretty good at doing, mate. So you don't mind doing it. Obviously, a lot of dudes say it's a bit of a drain or a burden or maybe on the race weekends, I speak to a lot of guys and they say you don't really want to do it while you're racing, but they don't mind doing podcasts like this, mate. So what's your take on it all? Are you just happy to do whatever comes your way? Yeah, look, I'll... It's one thing growing up from school. Um, obviously, I had to do year 12 and then got into uni, did everything I had to do. So um, academically, I'm quite good. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy I thoroughly enjoy doing interviews and public speaking. It's one thing that I've had to get good at. It's part of the sport that you get at. So uh, part of the sport that you have to be good at. So um, at the end of the day, when you win races, when you get podiums, it's the first thing I do is they shove a microphone in your face. So uh, my thought process on it was that I wanted to be able to look back on my interview and not cringe. So um, yeah, I just got better and better at it and just tried to, yeah, like, 
there's going to be interviews you're doing. You go, oh, I wish I could have said this or could have done that. But um, as for the media side of things, I'm fortunate enough that um, Mick Williams from Postmodo, he looks after me for most of my most of my social media stuff. Um, he, yeah, he absolutely sorts me for all the stuff that I can't do on a computer. <laughs> so he literally just goes, here's your photos, here's your photo package, here's your videos just sorts all us boys out. So um, I'm very fortunate enough to have him in the background. Any any queries or anything I have to run by him, he's always open for the phone call and open for the crazy ideas, man. Some of the videos we've made out here, we've strapped him to the back of quads, having him hold um, gyros sideways, man. Like We've done some pretty funny things around here. I definitely don't think workplace health and safety would be happy if they saw us. But <laughs> look, he's um, he's open for the idea and he's as crazy as some of the, some of us boys. So um but yeah the media side of thing at the end of the day um I, I think because i i was a privateer for so long and i had to establish such a good base with certain sponsors whether it was a1 through motorx whether it was through monza and alpine star um I, I had to have such a good i had to have a great media background because i didn't have the factory support under me so um I just had to get better at it, whether I liked it or not. I had to be fluent on my posts. I had to be consistent. I had to be, they had to be better than an iPhone shot. So that's why I incorporated Posty. And um, yeah, it's just something that I've grown up doing. And it's just kind of, at the end of the day, it's second nature. It's like when a kid comes up and asks for your autograph, you've got to sign it. It's, it's <laughs> whether you, whether you just had a horrible result or whether you just won the race, you've got to put a smile on your face and make that kid's day. So um, it's all part and parcel of the game we play. And um, yeah, look, I, I enjoy it. And I think it's pretty cool that we get to do what we do. Not too many people can say that we get to race dirt bikes around Australia and for the best teams in Australia. Yeah, it's good perspective you have there and insight, mate. Yeah, talking about Posty, he's been great giving us some photos and videos from the podcast that I've done. Because obviously, you know, being a privateer, it can be hard for you guys to get just basic images and photos. So yeah, he's definitely a wizard, mate. He definitely produces some elite content. And I guess, yeah, with the Supercross, with the privateer money, I guess you're not a privateer anymore, but the Oz Supercross, they're at least bringing out some money for that. So it's pretty cool. I guess your thoughts on it, mate, even though you, you might miss the boat on those dollars, but it's still a good incentive, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, I know. I literally looked at it and I was like, damn, I could have made bank last year. But <laughs> uh, look, oh, I think it's a great step. Um, coming from coming from being a privateer and doing it doing it on our own last year. Um, I literally lived in the van in between races and I just there I think I went the two new south I went Newcastle and then to Albury Wodonga. I just I was fortunate enough I linked up with Dylan Wills and uh, I was fortunate enough to stay at his house and he linked me onto a couple of supercross tracks. Ended up going to Byron Dennis's place and um train there with, with Anstey and the Honda boys for the week. Um, so, yeah, look, all that cost money, all that, uh, just to get them to the gate is the biggest thing. Like last year, we were lacking numbers in privateers. We had all the factory teams there, but I think there was only like four or five privateers. So um, to, to get more numbers on gates, I think it's a great incentive. Um, and my idea is anything helps, whether it's to pay their entry, whether it's to pay their fuel bill to get to the next race, whether it's to... Get, allow for him to get a rebuild at the next race. Um, oh, I definitely think it's a great step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Like you said, you're obviously well-spoken and you know, you've got the education behind you. Is that something you'd look into one day, maybe doing what Dylan Wills is doing with the Moto Online Media? It's pretty cool that there's a race of transitioning into that role. Is that something that obviously a long way ahead in your plans, but obviously you've got options that gives you those you know, avenues you can take once your racing career is over. So I guess probably not looking too far ahead, but it's good to have in the back pocket, isn't it? 
Uh, most definitely. Um, there, there, there's plenty of avenues I feel like I could stay if I wanted to stay within the industry, but then not just that. I'm fortunate enough that, that my parents have a very successful um, family business here that I could jump into. But um, at the end of the day, I, I'd probably like to go back to, to uni and finish off my engineering architectural nice. degree. Um, but uh, yeah, look, at, at the moment, that's a long time away and I'll deal with that when it comes. But um, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to just taking it one race at a time each corner as it comes and um yeah we'll see what we can do here at this australian supercross series yeah absolutely mate well said and obviously with australia so much aussie chat about the nations how good our team is with the lawrence brothers and ferris it's going to be a potential winning team for sure one of the favorites obviously we're probably thinking france is the favorites we were just talking off air going through a few scenarios and teams but it's pretty amazing obviously bad for mitch evans with the wrist it's clearly not at a place where he wants it to be and obviously he knows that he's not up to racing so and he raced last year with a massive injury too so you know it must be really bad if he's pulling out of races and taking himself out of contention because it's just what he's been through at that risk is just savage and yeah we just wish him all the best but how excited are you for that nation's team mate it's sort of testament to the talent coming out of australia that we're at a level now where we can potentially win it we've always had good teams in the past but it's looking like this is probably our best chance yet and it's not just this year it's probably for the next decade isn't it mate yeah, exactly. And that's the most exciting bit. It's not like we have one solid year for one team. Uh, as you said, this is this is the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. So we, we've got a great, great team here. And it's been a while since Australia's been probably one of the favourite teams to, to this level. Um, France has got a very, very strong lineup. Um, look, it's going to be a great race, I think. And uh, all the boys have raced there and raced quite well. So oh, I think it'll be... I think it'll be very, very strong. And, and then touching on Mitchie, um, yeah, look, it's savage. Uh, I grew up racing Mitchie, obviously, my whole junior career. Um, I know he's won half eggs. So, um, to see him to see him sit it out, it's obviously not good. So I hope he comes back here in Oz and, and can get that wrist sorted so he's not in pain. I know he's in a fair bit of pain just in general day-to-day life. And oh, I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't think that motorbikes is worth that to a certain extent. So I hope he can come back here and... And be fit, be healthy, and then then show everybody what what a true healthy Mitch Evans can do on a dirt bike because he Absolutely. is he is a formidable force. Yeah, mate, one of the most sort of talented, skillful, you know, technical guys out there. That's for sure, and super fast, like he's shown on many occasions. And just wanted to get your thoughts on Ferris. Obviously, a man you know really well from working with, training with all this kind of thing. So, how impressive was that season he just put together to win the MX One title in Australia? I guess a lot of people that might not follow the Australian series might think, oh, yeah, Ferris. You know, he's come out of retirement a couple of times and all this sort of thing. He might not be at the level, but he's well and truly at the level, mate. He's on absolutely rails at the moment. Starts are dialed. He's raced in Europe, raced everywhere, got so much experience, good on the hard pack, good out of the gate. So he might definitely catch a few eyes, uh, the people that are sleeping on him, mightn't he, at the Nations? Most definitely. Uh, he's The biggest thing Dean's got going for him at the minute is he's, he's a great starter. <laughs> so hopefully he can just lob two of those starts and, um, yeah, look, see where see where he can go. I think you can't sleep on Dean whether you love him or hate him. He's a great dirt bike rider. He can twist the throttle on a thing and he'll be methodical on how he does it. So he's, proved, he's proven time and time again that he can rise to the occasion when it comes to an MX, uh, MX donation. So, um, look, oh, I think we have a very, very strong team and I'm excited to see the boys do what they do. Yeah, mate, how's his fitness? It's pretty elite, that aspect as well, isn't it? 
Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you cannot count at the, you know, at the end of a 30-minute moto. You know he's going to be just coming. The candle's just going to be starting to light. So, um, look, it's going to be good. But he's going to be going up against some tough boys. But, again, they're boys that he's probably raced before when he's been over in Europe. And there's going to be some new faces in there. But, yeah, definitely do not sleep on, on Dean or Team Australia because oh, I think it's going to be a very, very, very formidable force. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And a couple more before we sort of wrap up towards the hour here. Just what's your thoughts on the SMX series? It's been pretty interesting to see what they've done with it. You know, it creates a pretty cool racing, interesting atmosphere, vibe, obviously great for the money side of it. The tracks have divided opinion, even though they're sort of obviously creating a lot of havoc with bike setup and this kind of thing. But yeah, how have you found it? I think it's gone down pretty well so far. Definitely trying to elevate the sport for a lot of reasons and bring that bit of more gloss to it. And, you know, they've obviously got the TV dialed in and good commentators. They're, they're putting a lot of work into it. Everyone's joining forces with that. So just your thoughts on it, mate. Have you enjoyed it so far? Most definitely. I think it's cool watching the teams have to struggle and mess around with, with bike setup to figure out. It's like any new race you kind of do, like you're probably not going to hit the nail on the head perfect. And as Jet and Hunter were pretty open about saying is that you kind of went to round one and you'd have to go straight back to the drawing board for round two. You either hit it on the head or you didn't. And um, I think that was pretty evident last weekend with Chase and staying on the Supercross setting and just trying to soften it up. Whereas he openly said afterwards, he said, I, I probably should have just went to the motocross and stiffened it up. So oh, I think it's a great learning curve, not just for the riders, but for the teams. And it's like anything, it's like, like World Supercross, it, it's going to have its growth. It's going to have its couple pains here and there that go go right or wrong. And there's going to be things I can probably say, there's probably a hundred things that have probably changed between the first one and the second one. There's probably another hundred things that have changed between the second and the third one. So um, they'll, they'll continue to grow it. And as you said, the American... The American TV broadcast is phenomenal. They have great commentators. They have a great, great infrastructure behind that whole series. So, um, look, I think it'll be great. I'm looking forward to the last round being in the Coliseum. I think that'll be pretty mad. Yeah, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting to see what they do next year. Whether it's still just the three rounds again next year or what they do with it. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how this last one plays off, especially with the triple points. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It'll be fascinating to see how we get some more Aussie victories because they've been certainly racking them off this season emphatically. But yeah, and also just wanted to ask with motocross being such a heavy sport, obviously so much goes into it. What do you sort of do for hobbies outside of the sport just to unwind? I guess, do you follow other professional sports? Do you like having a hit of golf? Obviously, you mentioned that holiday every now and then is really good to reset for the mind and just to spend time with the loved ones because they obviously sacrifice a lot as well because I guess you miss out on a lot doing what you do because you're so committed to it. So just a couple of insights there, mate. Uh, most definitely. If I'm honest, oh, I probably wouldn't have anywhere near as many holidays if it wasn't for my lovely partner, Katie. <laughs> she she just kind of, she books the flights and drags me away. And um, look, it's it's honestly great. She, uh, we get a, we get a great little getaway and, we call it a holiday, but oh, I try and keep as busy as possible. For example, when we were up at Ailey, I was, I was trying to be in the water as much as possible, whether it be snorkeling or hiking or whatever it was. Um, I try and keep as busy as possible. I'm a pretty active active guy, so um, Katie puts up with it. There's certain days she just wants to unwind, and I'm poking her, saying, let's go. What, what can we do? What, what can we do? So, uh, look, holidays and that are great. Uh, I'm a big fan and something that I've done for, for a lot of years is boxing. Uh, I'm a massive, massive fan of boxing and that. I'm watching up the Smithy Gym here in Toowoomba, uh, Stevie Sparks and all them training here. So, um, yeah, fortunately enough that that's – if I never became a motocross rider, it would definitely be my, my second sport for sure. It's something that I've thoroughly enjoyed. I've done golden gloves, done all that, and, and yeah, oh, cool. it was very – enjoyed it a lot. Um, 
And then besides for that, uh, my partner and her family are very heavily into uh, skiing and that. So, yeah, so enjoy getting out on the water with them. And <clears throat> my father-in-law is actually uh, reigning Australian um, slalom champ. So, yeah, he, right. he's really, really good operator at what he does. So, yeah, it's good fun. So, but besides that, man, I just try and keep, by the time you finish riding and training for the week, it's, um yeah, look, it's a very, very, very tedious and and hard enduring not just physically but also mentally so sometimes it's nice to just come back and hang out at the farm and we've got a couple of cattle dogs and kelpies and we just hang out at the back and just chill out for a little bit so um look we, we're trying i don't reinvent the wheel i'm a pretty easy going dude so we just hang out and ride dirt bikes and yeah that's really about it man nothing too crazy no it sounds like you got a pretty good balance there mate and also yeah my wife and I are definitely a big fan of the dogs. So yeah, having dogs in the life is definitely a big upside. So <laughs> I guess before we wrap it up, just anyone you'd like to thank, mate, in particular, or just everyone, I'm sure there's a lot of people, like you've said, that go into making you the athlete you are and enjoying the success that you are. So I'll just give you an opportunity to do that and tell the fans and all the listeners where they can follow you and check out your stuff and watch your racing. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, just a huge shout out to everybody that's been a part of my privateer program this year and then moving now into the factory seat. Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to now find myself in this position. And if it wasn't for, for the privateer help throughout the start of the year, there's no way that this ever would have occurred again. I would have been, I just would have been working a nine to five and this wouldn't have been a possibility. So a uh, huge thank you to that. Obviously, uh, Nathan from Zero Zero Elite Rider Training and Dean from Fighting for Physio. Those guys are absolute legends. They put us through our paces. Uh, and yeah, so for everybody listening, uh, Caleb Byram, uh, Caleb underscore Byram underscore 16 on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll be racing the upcoming Oz Prime X Championship here in Adelaide in two weeks' time. And then we've got Newcastle and Melbourne, I think it's about six weeks after. So see you all there. Yeah, mate. Cheers. Thanks again for taking the time. It's been an awesome chat to hear about your career and all you've done. And before we let you go, mate, we'll just thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks for taking the time. All the best with everything and the Supercross series coming up. It's been a ripper chat. Yeah, we look forward to speaking to you again one day. Thank you so much for taking the time out, mate. Appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. No worries. Pleasure, mate. All the best.